When life happens, plans need to change. Shaping Change, hosted by certified financial planner Ross Marino, is dedicated to helping financial advisors better serve their clients when life takes those unexpected turns. Today, my guest is Jason Smith. Hey, Jason. Hey, hey. Great to have you on the podcast today. Read your book ages ago, loved it, resonated with me. I've been looking forward to connecting with you and getting you on the show. How about you start by introducing yourself to everybody? Sounds good. I'm Jason Smith. I'm founder and CEO of C2P Enterprises and JL Smith, my financial planning practice. So you're a financial planner. You have other businesses as well. well. You're an author. But what is unique about you, and although some people may have a similar story, you really seize the day with what you went through. You, You have an interesting history. You were forced to create and innovate. And that really is what led to the businesses and the solutions you provide. Could you tell us a little bit about your history? Sure. All right. So let's see here. Um, you know, I was telling you before we got started, Ross, I'm super excited. Um, I've, ri- I've written a few books, right? One was The Hiring Advantage. I co-authored it with Gina Pellegrini. She's a coach at Strategic Coach, and it's about hiring team members. So that was for advisors. And then... Um, you know, also wrote a uh, advisor's guide to charging planning fees that was self-published. It was more like a, almost like a guide, right. Of how to go about charging planning fees. Um, But then the bucket plan book was, was the first one that was for a wider audience. Um, It was written for consumers um, initially, uh, but I ended up having so many advisors that, that say they get so much out of reading it. Um, but the uh, now, um, you know, in that one, I, I think, you, as you know, Ross, it, it was crazy. It was like very organic, but all of a sudden Barnes and Nobles, uh, Hudson Bookstores, number 23 bestseller, Amazon bestseller, uh, Walmart picked it up. It was nuts. I was like, what in the hell is going on? I really couldn't believe it. Um, and, and what I found out, and I didn't realize too, well, I found out because literally we have advisors that were ordering in, in batches of thousands and they're handing them out to clients because they do bucket planning. And this is advisors that I never even met, but so much bucket planning has been around forever, right? So they're using it as a tool to hand out to people to convince them why they should work with them, you know, because they do bucket planning. So the reason I'm sharing that with you is I just finished up um, the Rainmaker Multiplier, which is my latest book, finished the manuscript, but now, um, you know, the publishing company's got to do their whole thing and before it gets released. But what the, what this is on is really the story of what happened to me that you're aware of, Ross. Um, And so what it does is it kind of tells the story of at 29 years old. So imagine for those of you listening, imagine this is you right? Imagine you're 29 years old and imagine you're doing really well, right? I'm making 500 plus thousand dollars per year, um, part-time assistant, little storefront, really low cost, kind of lean and mean. Um, but ultimately you're killing it, right? You're doing a lot of insurance and investment business. And, and, and all of a sudden, you know, you come home from playing basketball and, or working out and you come home one night and something's not right. You're, you're, long story short, in the emergency room, 
you're being diagnosed with a heart condition that's going to require a life-threatening surgery. And so this is me, right? This is me. And all of a sudden it hits me like a ton of bricks that if I die on that operating table, my wife and daughter are screwed because I was, you know, just dumb. Like I was dumb. I didn't have any life insurance. I thought I was invincible. I was the shoemaker's kid. My dad was an insurance guy. And yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, killing it financially thinking I'm unstoppable and I, I have no life insurance. It was crazy, but you know, it is what it is. Right. And we don't always make the best decisions in our twenties. So I'm diagnosed with this heart condition. It hits me like a ton of bricks. My wife and my daughter are not in a good place. I don't really have a business. I'm just really a good salesperson in financial services. And so at that time, I set out to build a business that could run successfully with or without me. I wanted to build a company that was self-sustaining, that if God forbid I did die on that operating table, my income in the business doesn't die with me and it can take care of my wife and daughter. Well, now you fast forward, Ross, all the way to, you know, it'll be five years in April. It's hard to believe um, here in a couple months. I had to have that open heart surgery after multiple years, like many years of being monitored. And all that time, all that blood, sweat and tears and hard work of building the business, J.L. Smith, to be able to run successfully without me, the stress test was here, right? Like the moment of truth. So April 17th, you know, I have the surgery and I die on the operating table. And then I come home after a couple of weeks. And again, I uh, damn near die at home. And it was complicated. I had all kinds of complications. Long story short, I was off for five months. So imagine this is you off five months from your business. No phone calls, no emails, no client meetings. No, I didn't even have a conversation with any of my team members because during this five month recovery period. And at the end of the five months, I come back and uh, the guy who's running things for me, Brian. Um, so I'm like, so what's up? <laughs> How'd we do, right? I'm like, oh my God, we probably maxed out the line of credit. And, you know, we're going under, who knows? <laughs> and uh, he's like, he actually kind of almost played a joke on me. He had like this real somber look. I just never forget it. And he looks up at me. He's like, he's smile, big, huge smile. He's like, we killed it. He's like, we have the second most profitable quarter we ever had. And I'm like, no way. Right. Like I had literally bring up the, the, you know, the uh, P and L up on this big in the screen in the office. And man, I had mixed feelings about that <laughs> because I'm like, like, okay, it happened, right? Where the, the vision became a reality. I was able to build a company that now is there to take care of my family in case I'm gone. But that's like, they, they don't need me any, <laughs> anymore almost, right? Um, but yeah, so that's kind of the story. And that's what the book is about, the Rainmaker Multiplier. And it's, the, it's how we help financial advisors. It spawns C2P, which is short for Clarity to Prosperity, but that company is a process development training coaching company. We have an RIA, IMO, you know, and we basically support advisors and help them if they aspire to do the same thing. 
But the foundational thing behind it all, Ross, is really is the bucket plan because you got to get your process that you utilize with clients down to like tools, concepts, step-by-step, what you do in the front stage as an advisor. So that way, if you have a what we call second chair or an associate or junior advisor that you're, you're mentoring and they're sitting with you, watching you through the appointments, they got to be able to see it happen the same way every time, right? It's almost like Starbucks, man. Like the same thing happens every time. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't like customize the drink, get oat milk and, you know, get a latte or get this, that, and the other, but the process from start to finish that you experience when you go to Starbucks is exactly the same every time, right? You place your order, they make your coffee, they call your name, you know, you get, you know, all those things. And then what's also important, Ross, is the backstage. See the backstage of what happens behind the meetings in order to have that experience in the front stage, that all has to be dialed in and succinct and running like a well-oiled machine. So the coordination of, the front stage of what's happening when you're with the client and the backstage of the preparation and planning and everything that happens, you know, in between the meetings, those two have to succinctly work together and ultimately you have to have that dialed in to be able to create a business that can be scalable, duplicatable, repeatable. And that's what the bucket plan, which really is a financial planning process um, it's what it does. Well, as I read the book, when I made it through the introduction, the, I like to write in the books and the sentence I wrote at the bottom of that page ended the introduction was this book is for planners, not for consumers. And while yes, consumers will find value out of it. It really is a framework mentally of how to approach clients. And what I found immediately interesting is I, I'm a certified financial transitionist. And one of our primary tools is the decision-free zone, which is basically now, soon, and later. And it's when someone goes through some life-changing event or some t- any type of life event, you have to prioritize. And you want to settle people down and say, okay, let's take a look at what needs to be done now. Then we'll decide what, what can be done soon. It's important, just not urgent. And then we'll go to later. And then I open up your book and you say, well, we have three buckets of money and they're called now, soon, and later. And I burst out laughing. No, wild. I'm like, yeah. our side is on behavioral and prioritizing decision-making or tasks, you approached it from the financial planning and why that's brilliant. And these are the kind of things that I don't think I understood the significance 30 years ago. It's because clients want it as simple as possible so they can wrap their head around it. They need the imagery, they need the process, they wanna see the structure. And to just say there's three buckets and I've done that on and off over time, people get it immediately. So the simplicity to me is the magic and the imagery, but it actually applies to financial planning. So how'd you come up with naming them now, soon, and later? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So, you know, and I think you, you know, if you think bucketing, first of all, bucket planning and bucketing has been around forever, right? Right. Uh, earliest sightings or that you can really find is Harold Levinsky, you know, mm-hmm. at like Texas Tech started introducing the concept of bucketing. So like, you know, there's buckets of money, there's tons of different things out there for bucketing. And ironically, it didn't start with me for bucketing, right? What it started with was actually boxes. 
And so what I did is I would always draw on a dry erase board and I would draw three boxes. And it and I don't it always as far back as I can remember was now soon and later. I'm going 20 plus years back. And I would always in these boxes talk about now, soon and later. Like what money do you need now? It was basically money in the bank. What money is later, which is your investment money, you know, retirement money, you're willing to take risk on it. I draw that money out there. And this is even before I was investment licensed. What I would do is get that money off the table because I couldn't do anything with it. And then what I would do is talk about the soon bucket. Now, your soon bucket is more of your conservative, not bucket, but again, back then it was squares. It's more of your conservative money. It's the money that you can have the confidence you can withdraw take withdrawals from it and pull income from it. You don't have to worry about the stock market. So what was I doing? I was putting annuities, right? And primarily I was doing a lot of annuities early in my career. And I was using these three boxes, money in the bank in the now bucket, money and in investments in the later box. And I see I'm so trained to call it buckets now. And then the soon was where we would do an annuity. And so I sold on that concept for a long time. I never forget I'm in my office and I'm drawing out, and this is what I would do. I would draw out like how, the different accounts that they would have, bank accounts into the now box. And then I would draw out investment accounts, all the rest into the later box. And then I would talk to them about how much money they would want in the soon box. And that's where we would place an annuity, right? And so I did that, I draw all their accounts out in the now and the soon and the later. And then at the top, I circled the the totals that were in the boxes. And so I totaled it up and I put it at the very top of all three boxes, drew circles. And the guy was like, those look like buckets. He's like, you know, I've always had a bucket list, but I've never had a bucket plan. I'm like, ding, ding, ding. I'm like, no way. <laughs> That's awesome. And so it was so cool. And so I, so I contacted my attorney. I'm like, can we trademark the words, the bucket plan and this visual? Cause this is, and, and he sure enough, we got the trademark. I'm like, somebody has to have this. And it, you know, it was, it was unbelievable. That that's how it came about. And really what it is, Ross, it's like, this is what, what it is, is it's an asset positioning philosophy that in, and listen, this is asset allocation right? They're like simple, like pie charts, you know, asset class. This is asset allocation, but people actually understand it. People don't understand all this mumbo jumbo that we do in financial services usually, but they understand buckets and they understand now, soon and later. So we take this baseline of this asset positioning philosophy of now, soon and later in the buckets and then we built a financial planning process around it. And we broke it down into simple tools and concepts. And so there's three concepts and there's seven tools. Like one of the tools is the fact finder we use. Like, and another tool is the volatility tolerance analysis where we score the soon and the later bucket separately. So, because listen, you're gonna, the way you invest the money in the soon bucket is always going to be different than how you would invest it in the later. So it makes sense to score those separately, but that's another tool. We use the pyramid of risk as a concept of how to explain to them the different options they have in investments and what's high risk and what's low risk for them to help be part of the process of making the decision 
of what investments they want within these buckets. And it makes a lot of sense. I know when someone goes through a major life transition, when they come in, one of the first tools we use, because it's the question that everybody wants to know, it's, am I okay? And when you think about the bucket plan, it resonated with me because it answers that question for someone, yes, you're okay. Let me show you the money that is immediately available, the now money in case you need it. It's liquid. Here's the soon money. Here's the later. Not that they want to process all of it at that moment in time, but that is the question. It, it is the question that everybody needs to know when life gets disrupted. So you also talk about uh, the distribution stage, which, which I found pretty insightful. And you said that during the distribution stage, it's not about, or it's about account balances. It's not about rates of return. Can you explain that? Yeah, and, and that, I'm glad you brought that up, Ross, because like, again, like within the bucket plan process, right? This financial planning process, three, three concepts, seven tools. The three concepts are number one, the philosophy of bucketing, the visual of the three buckets and how to explain that, right? Of time segmenting money based on the purpose and the time horizon of when you need, will need to access that money now, soon or later. The second concept is the pyramid of risk that I already talked about, which is a way to explain the different investment options. And what I love about the pyramid of risk, so you wanna be Switzerland when you go through, like totally agnostic explaining these different things. But then what you're doing is asking questions. Have you ever owned you know, annuity before? What's been your experience? Do you know how these works? Do you know the difference? What do you understand? What's a variable annuity versus a fixed annuity versus an indexed annuity? So you ask questions to understand any negative preconceived conceptions around things you might end up recommending that all of a sudden they hate or they have a bad impersonation or you know interpretation of it, and they and you shot yourself in the foot. So the pyramid of risk is a great way to educate, but it's also to smoke out any negative preconceived conceptions before you go to the stage of recommendation. And that's the second concept. And the third is the one you just talked about, Ross, and it's the money cycle. And so the money cycle is a concept that we use to set up why it's important to have a bucketing like approach on now, soon and later. And so the way I'll explain it to a client is there's three phases of the money cycle that we all go through through our lifetime. And it is accumulation, distribution, or accumulation, preservation, and distribution. The accumulation phase is when we're younger, we're working, we're far away out from a retirement, uh, we're still accumulating assets, we can afford to take the ups and downs of the market, we can even lose money because we're working, we can make that money back. We have a long time horizon before we'll need to access that money, we're willing to take on more volatility. But then as we start nearing retirement, we start to go into a preservation phase. And the preservation phase is where we want to preserve a portion of the assets that we're going to draw from in the third and the final phase, which is distribution. Distribution to ourselves in retirement, distribution to our family upon our passing. And the biggest mistake that people make is they go directly from accumulation into distribution and they never preserve a portion of the assets. 
And that's why we subscribe to a simple three bucket approach now, soon and later. And that soon bucket is really that preservation portion of their money that they're gonna draw from in the first phase of retirement. Now, Ross, I think where people do get mixed up is like, you know, I know most of these financial advisors listening, you have surely heard of sequence of returns risk. And I'm sure that you've seen the charts, right? And the difference of accumulation versus distribution. And see, sequence of returns risk doesn't exist in the accumulation phase. It only exists this in the distribution phase when you're drawing assets, right? Because if you have a negative sequence of returns early in retirement and you take withdrawals early and the market's down and you sell when it's down, you can never make that money back. And it can have devastating long-term effects on the portfolio and the account balance. And here's the thing, Ross, like what's really important in retirement? Do you give a shit? Hopefully I can say shit on a podcast. Do you really care about um, rates of return or do you care about account balance? And that's the difference. See, it's the account balance, right? Because sequence of returns, what it's taught us is you can have a higher rate of return with a lower account balance. Talk about a total mind blower, right? Like clients never realize that, that you literally can have, would you, like you ask a client this question, if you were given the choice, would you choose to have a higher rate of return with a lower account balance or a lower rate of return with a higher account balance? Which one's more important to you? Show me the money. Yeah, exactly. It's the account balance. And that's the difference when you're in the distribution phase, because of the danger of sequence of returns risk, it's all about account balance. It's not about rate of return. And how do you mitigate that risk? You set up a soon bucket. You do bucketing now, soon and later. So that way you can have the the stability and reliability to be able to draw from the money without the worries of selling when it's down. Great explanation. The book, The Bucket Plan is worth it. I'm looking for forward to the second book coming out. The, the Bucket Plan was a great read. I know the program works. I know it's designed and works extremely well for people who are fiduciaries. So I've, I've explored your companies. I've explored your services. Just impressed across the board. So I appreciate you coming on the show. Jason Smith, thanks for being with us today. Thank you, Ross. Appreciate the time. Thank you for listening to Shaping Change with Ross Marino. This show is for general information purposes only and is not intended to provide recommendations or advice. Speak with a legal, tax, or financial advisor before making any decisions. Past performance references are historical and do not guarantee future results. Visit rlsummit.com to learn more.